In the last session, we examined the theological reason why we need God's counsel. The Bible describes the human heart as sinful and sick. The fleshly mind, according to Scripture, is at enmity with God and his purpose and cannot serve him. The desires of the heart, the human heart, actually, according to James, lure and entice us to sin. And this, of course, being the case, we cannot follow the desires and passions of our heart. The reasoning of the human mind cannot truly understand the ways of God. And the implications of these truths is that we need to seek direction from God for our lives. We need to seek his purpose for our ministries. We can't simply do as we want to do and experience the fullness of God's purpose for our lives. And so we must begin our walk with God with two vital principles in mind. And the first is that the human heart, mind, and passions have been stained with sin and are tr untrustworthy. And second, that God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. And when we understand fully these two basic principles, we will be more prone to seek his counsel in our daily walk. Now, I want to take some time to examine the command of Scripture about seeking the counsel of God. And let's begin with Psalm chapter 10 and verse 4, which says this, Psalm 10 and verse 4. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Now, consider the phrase, the wicked does not seek him. How does the psalmist describe those who don't seek God? Well, he describes them as being wicked because the wicked person does not seek God and his purpose. They live their lives as if there were no God. They determine the plans for their own lives. They, they do as they want to do. They have no concept of God in their everyday life. Now, let me ask you this question. Is it possible for the believer to live life without seeking God or his heart for their per or his purpose for their lives? Is it possible to go from year to year living as if there were no God, even as believers? Sometimes my heart is grieved as I see believers living as if everything depended on them, not trusting God, not truly even seeking God and his heart for their lives and his purpose for their, their lives. Not to seek God, according to the psalmist here, is the way of the wicked. Listen to how Job describes the wicked of his day. Job 21 and verse 14 says this, They say to God, Depart from us. We do not desire the knowledge of your ways. The wicked person, according to Job, is one that tells God to depart from them because they did not want to know the knowledge of his ways. Now, it's the desire of God that we know his ways, and it ought to be the heart of every believer to know the purpose of God. 
And it's only the wicked, according to Job, who turn away from God and say, we do not want to know your purpose. Now, understand here that it's not just the sin of the unbeliever that we're speaking about here, but it is also the sin of the believer. It is possible for the believer to live with no particular desire to know the purpose of God for their lives. We can go from day to day living as those who have no God. We can live as if everything depends on us. We can administer our churches and our businesses as if everything depends on our human wisdom and skill. All our decisions are based on what we want to do or what we feel best. The question is whether we are willing to consult God or or not? Are we saying to God, depart from me? Don't really, I don't really desire the knowledge of your ways. Or are we crying out like Jesus did on the cross and saying, not my will, Lord, but thine be done. See, one of the central characteristics of the wicked is that they do not seek the counsel of the Lord. Let's move now to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. Listen to the words of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 10, 23, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Notice two details here. The way of man is not in himself, and it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Now, by saying this, that the way of man is not in himself, Jeremiah is telling us that when we need to know the way to go, we must look upward and not inward. In other words, we must look to God and not to ourselves. And the reason we need to look to God is because we will not find the way to go by looking into our own heart or mind. That way is not in us, but in God. You won't find the answer by looking in the wrong place. You need to look to God if you want to know the way you need to walk, because the way of, of man is not in himself. The world tells us that we're to pursue our dreams. It tells us that we're to follow our heart. It tells us that there's nothing we can't do if we just set our mind to it. They're telling us to look to ourselves and into ourselves for the answer. But Jeremiah tells us that the way of man is not in himself, and it is not in man to direct his own steps. Now, let me quote a very familiar passage from the book of Proverbs that's often quoted, but not so much obeyed. Listen to the words of Psalm of Proverbs, rather, chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Notice what this passage tells us. Trust in the Lord with all 
your heart. There's no room for a divided heart here. The whole heart trusts in the Lord. There's no room for anything else in such a heart. This heart places its full and total confidence in God and not in itself. This heart seeks the purpose of God and trusts in it alone. Then he tells us not to lean on our own understanding. But notice as we, as we look at this, that this phrase begins with the word and, and do not lean on your own understanding. In other words, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. The implication is that they cannot be separated one from another. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. To trust the Lord with all your heart means that you will not lean on your own understanding, but you will trust in him instead of your own understanding. Now, this is a command of God. We are to trust the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. You can you can't do one without the other. Don't trust in your own understanding, but rather trust in the Lord. Then finally in that verse, it says this, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. The writer to the Proverbs tells us that we are to acknowledge God in all our ways. Now the phrase all our ways is quite easy to understand. But to acknowledge God it is, is to bring him into everything we do. It is to seek his purpose, is to seek to please him and to walk with him. But this is in all of our ways, not just the big things, but even the little things. Everything we are to do with the desire of seeking God and trusting God in everything we do, whether that be the big things or the little things in life, we're not to trust our own understanding, but to trust God and to seek Him and to acknowledge Him and to recognize Him in everything that we do. The command is quite clear. Trust God to lead you. Don't rely on your own understanding, but in everything you do, acknowledge him. Trust in him. Seek him. Bring him into everything, and he will make your path straight. Now, repeatedly in the scriptures, God commands his people not to trust in human wisdom and guidance. Consider, first of all, for example, Psalm 146 and verse 3, which says this, Psalm 146, verse 3, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. While we are to respect our leaders, Scripture warns us about putting our full confidence in them rather than in God. Now, a number of years ago, the Lord challenged me when, as I was reflecting on the ministry and, and thinking about the needs of tens of thousands of dollars every year to supply Bible materials to believers around the world. And as I wondered how that would, all of that would be possible, the Lord spoke to my heart and challenged me to learn to trust him and not people. You see, it's very easy for us to trust people to be the answer to our needs. 
And so we begin to fundraise and we begin to seek to motivate people to give. But God was telling me at that point that that was not how he wanted this ministry to function. I was to rely solely on him. I was to, to move as he provided, neither ahead of him nor behind him. And over the years, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of books have been distributed under his leading by not trusting in man, but in him. God challenges us here in this passage not to put our trust in princes or in a son of man. Put our trust, rather, in God. Let him move. Let him lead and watch him provide. Now, Psalm 146 tells us not to put our trust in princes, but Isaiah speaks even more forcefully on this subject when he says in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 22, Isaiah 2.22, Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath, for of what account is he? Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath, for of what account is he? Stop it, he says. Stop putting your trust in human beings. And if we're not to put our trust in human beings, then what are we to trust or who are we to trust? Well, Psalm 55 and verse 22 says this, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. And he will act. Commit your way to the Lord. Whatever way you take, whatever decisions are to be made, all of those are to be committed into the Lord's hands and to let him act. It's not that we don't value the wisdom and counsel of brothers and sisters, but that we are always holding what they say in submission to the will and to the purpose of God. And so Isaiah challenges his readers to stop regarding or trusting or putting their confidence in, in man, but instead to commit their ways to God. Now, what we've seen so far has all come from the Old Testament and the challenge of the Old Testament to us to put our trust in God and not trust in man or our own wisdom, or our own heart. That's the command of God in the Old Testament. But now let's move to the New Testament, to Luke chapter 12 and verse 29 to 30, where Jesus himself speaks. And this is what Jesus says in Luke 12, 29. And do not seek what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor to be, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Don't seek what the world seeks, says Jesus. The world seeks what's natural to their flesh, what to eat, what to drink. But instead, seek the kingdom of God and seek after his purposes. He'll take care of the rest, but you need to seek him and his purpose for your life. That ought to be the central focus of your life as a believer, to know and to seek after the heart of God and to know his wisdom, to know his counsel, to know his guidance. That, according to Jesus, is what the believer needs to be focused upon. 
Now, let me leave you with one more verse from the New Testament, from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians 4 and verse 6, which says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, what is the advice of Paul for us when we are anxious because of the cares of the world? And when we don't know what to do or we don't know where to turn, what does Peter, Paul tell us to do when anxiety about decisions and about cares and about where to go and what to do invade our heart and mind? What does he tell us to do? Do not be anxious about anything, he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. When anxiety and turmoil and indecision invade your heart, go to God. Let him know. Seek his counsel. Trust in his purpose. He will show you the way. He will strengthen you for the task ahead. And he will give you what you need to face tomorrow. Now the question we need to ask ourselves is this. Does scripture command us to seek the counsel of the Lord? Well, it certainly tells us that it's the wicked who do not seek his counsel. It tells us that we that it is not in man to direct his steps. It commands us not to trust in our own understanding, but to trust the Lord. It warns us about trusting in princes or regarding man. It, instead, it, it tells us to commit our ways to the Lord. It, it, it reminds us that we are to seek the kingdom of God and, and to commit all of our anxieties to him. And we're to acknowledge him, not just in some things, but in all things. And so there's not just a theological reason for trusting God. There is also a direct command from God to seek his counsel. And the question here is not whether God commands us to seek his counsel and acknowledge him in all things, but whether we will listen to that command. The question is whether God leaves us to care for this world and the expansion of his kingdom and, and whether that's all up to us or whether he promises to strengthen, to lead, and to guide us all the way. And if he does promise to lead and to guide us all the way, then it is of utmost importance that we seek that counsel in all that we do. And may God teach us what it means, therefore, to seek his counsel and not trust in our own understanding, in our own ways. May God show us what it means to seek his counsel and to acknowledge him in all of our ways.